What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here. And today, I'll be going through my top week six running back starts and sits, where I go through every single running back matchup, tell you who to start, who to sit, and who's a viable flex option for, again, week six of fantasy football. If you guys are unfamiliar with the parameters of the video, a start would indicate a running back high of top 24 level confidence in as a play. A flex would mean that you could put them in your lineup as a pinch, you know, top 36 to 40-ish level option. And a sit would mean that the juice is not worth the squeeze. They should not be touching your fantasy football lineups. You just should have better options. We're going to be breaking down their utilization and expected opportunity going into their week six matchup. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But if you guys enjoy, make sure you leave a like down below. Let's try to get this video to 400 likes. Comment your most stressful start sit decision of the week and subscribe to the channel. We're currently on the road to 20,000 subscribers. I appreciate you guys for that continued support. But before we get into the video, as always... Let's hit the damn intro. All right, before we get into the specific matchups, let's look at the overall matchup chart you guys can see on the screen. The toughest matchups being at the top in terms of weighted average. The easiest matchups, if you will, being at the bottom in terms of weighted average. So you guys see some of the tougher matchups being Christian McCaffrey playing the Rams, Joe Mixon playing the Saints, Najee Harris playing the Buccaneers, etc. there. And then on the flip side, in terms of the easiest matchups of the slate, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Melvin Gordon, Eno Benjamin, Jeff Wilson, Devin Singletary, etc. all have very favorable matchups this week with the bye week teams being the Texans, Lions, Raiders, and Titans. So basically, if you guys have, you know, Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs or Derek Henry, you already know in advance that they are not going to be on today's episode. So let's kick off with the individual matchups. The 1 p.m. slate, we have the Bengals traveling on the road to play the Nolan Saints. Saints are two-point home underdogs in this game. 43 set over-under in this game with the Sharps on the under at a 76% clip. Let's kick off again the 1 p.m. slate. Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara are clearly starts in this matchup. As we saw this past week for the Saints, Alvin Kamara returned to workhorse form in week four. Huge step back considering that prolonged injury absence we saw in the beginning of the season. Converted 29 opportunities and six targets into 23.4 fantasy points and nearly 200 yards from scrimmage. I think he's a firm running back one going forward, a top five to 10 option on any given week at the running back position. In terms of Mixon, the overall workload he was seeing a couple of weeks ago would have confirmed him as a mid running back one candidate. But given the fact that he is losing some of those opportunities now, I more so consider him a low-end running back one, high-end running back two in the rankings on a week-to-week basis, and I think he's very volatile to his matchup. Given the inefficient start we have seen from Mixon this year, you're obviously starting both of these Belka running backs. However, both of them with top 15-level expectation this week in their respective matchups against the Saints and the Bengals. Next matchup, we do have the Jaguars traveling on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are one-and-a-half-point home favorites in this game. 42-point set over-under with the Sharps on the under at a 96% clip. Clearly, the Sharps are expecting a low-scoring interdivisional fair between the Jaguars and the Colts. So, on the Colts side, I think it's pretty clear-cut. If Taylor suits up in this game, you are starting starting him against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If he's not ready to go, however, the next backup would have been Naheem Hines, but Hines is currently dealing with concussion symptoms from Thursday night's game. So, so if he does not suit up as well, again, the league's taking a very firm stance in terms of handling concussions with the recent news of Tua Tungavailoa. So I don't expect Naheem Hines to play in this game. However, if he is out, if Jonathan Taylor's out as well, we should see a backfill for Indianapolis that contains Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay leading the way. And we saw that boil out this past week once Naheem Hines got hurt that the team does prefer Deion Jackson, particularly in those long down and distance and two-minute drills 
type of situation. So I do think that if Jonathan Taylor was out, Deion Jackson would be in that high to mid-end running back three range, while Philip Lindsay would be in that running back 40 to 45 range. So I would consider Deion Jackson a flexible play if Jonathan Taylor misses, and I would also consider Philip Lindsay still as a bench if Jonathan Taylor misses this game. On the Jaguar side, I think you can flex both of their running backs. We saw that in the early portion of the season, James Robinson was jumping out to that early backfield lead, especially in weeks one to three. But the past two weeks have been a near 50-50 split for the Jaguars backfield, with ETN even getting potential more opportunities on the recent basis. So I think it's really tricky to distinguish the Jaguars backfield right now, but I will rank each as a high end running back three. And again, if any signal were to be given following this week, next week, the week after based on usage, I do think we can adjust this backfield accordingly. But until then, we have to analyze it on a week to week basis. And given past week, both can be considered high-end running back threes in this game, aka flexible pieces. Next matchup, we have the Vikings traveling on the road to play Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point home underdogs in this game. 45-and-a-half set over-under with the Sharps on the under in this matchup at an 84% clip. So on the Vikings side, you're obviously starting down with Cook, but, but I will say the committee in Minnesota has been as wide open as it's been since Alex Madison was brought to the team. It is something to monitor. Again, if you have Dalvin Cook and you're seeing that his snaps, his routes, Everything basically for the most part has dropped pretty significantly since week one. Again, in week one, we see 77% of the snaps and 71% of the routes. Whereas in week four, we only saw 62% of the snaps and 43% of the routes. So if he is losing that opportunity share to Alex Madison, I would definitely sell Dalvin Cook high on one more bang week. So if he goes out this week and he has a blow up type of game, I'm definitely looking to sell Dalvin Cook high after this game. On the Dolphins side, you are clearly starting Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, if he's active. And I think you can do so at a top 15 to 20 level expectation going forward based on what we've seen these past couple weeks. Raheem the Dream has absolutely dominated the Dolphins' backfield in terms of usage and has looked, in my opinion, like their best back by far. When Tua comes back, I think Mostert may legitimately be a low-end running back one, high-end running back two value rest of the season. I really do think, given his role, given the talent level he's shown, he could be a top 15 running back for the rest of the season. So if you picked him off of waivers a couple weeks ago, congratulations because you got to keep it with the game Oster. Next matchup, we have the Ravens traveling on the road to play the New York Giants. Giants are six-point home underdogs in this game. 45 set over-under with the Sharps on the over at a 63% clip. In terms of the Ravens side, I have Dobbins listed as a start, but I do think that he's a very low-end running back too and very volatile in terms of his range of outcomes this week. Overall, the running back landscape is just not that great this week. So I'm going to trust the talent of Dobbins, despite that low opportunity share, to be able to get back on track. And of course, if Dobbins is able to reclaim that main running back one status in terms of snaps, in terms of rushing attempts, in terms of routes, he can definitely work his way back into that top 15 area. But until I see it, he's going to be a low end running back two, high end running back three on a week to week basis. On the flip side of the matchup, you are clearly starting Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Do I even really need to explain myself? He looks like the elite talent we all exclaimed him to be in the offseason. And if you got that discount on him in round two or three in your fantasy drafts, he would be a top five overall redraft pick if it was done over today. Next matchup, we do have the Jets traveling on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Packers are seven-point home favorites in this game. 45-and-a-half set over-under with the Sharps on the over at an 85% clip. In terms of this game, Jets side, you are clearly starting Brees Hall and flexing Michael Carter, in my opinion. We have seen these past few weeks that Brees Hall has taken over this Jets backfield to the tune of holding a majority share in snaps, rushing attempts, and routes in each of the last two weeks. I do think that if he continues to get this running back one level usage, he's going to be a top five to 10 running back in my rankings moving forward. Michael Carter, I also think has a consistent enough role to be considered in that running back 30 to 40 range in my rankings. So I do think he's a plausible stream slash flex, especially if you're running a zero RB team 
and you need a running back to plug in that can give you, you know, eight to 12, eight to 15 points on a week to week basis. I think that's what Michael Carter represents at this point, given Brees Hall's emergence on the Packers side. I think you can start both of their running backs after starting the season with a near 50, 50 split between the Packers thunder and lightning backfield duo. We did see this past week that Jones pulled away 73% of the snaps, 65% of the rushes and 67% of the routes against the New York giants. I do think though, in a prime matchup against a horrendous jets defense, Jones showed the workload and obviously has that massive ceiling in terms of potential efficiency in this matchup. I'm starting him with running back one level confidence. I do think though, however, Dylan is also a start, you know, low end running back to running back 20 to 24 range type of start this week. I am a little bit worried, of course, with the opportunity split that we saw this past week compared to weeks before, but I'm more so willing to judge it as a one-off rather than the norm when it comes to AJ Dillon. I still think he's going to be a 40 to 45 plus percent opportunity share back in this backfield. So as a result, he's going to be in that high end running back three, low end running back two range of my rankings for the rest of the season for the most part. Again, plenty of upside in this game. Packers bruiser game they're going to be favored in at home. I do expect AJ Dillon to get a ton of opportunity to work against that Jets defense. Next matchup, we have the 49ers at the Falcons in this game. Falcons are five and a half point home underdogs in this game. 44 and a half set over under with the Sharps. Basically indifferent in terms of the over-under. 50% on the over, 50% on the under in this game. So clearly 44.5 is a very, very good over-under line set by Vegas. On this game, 49ers side, I think Jeff Wilson has become an every week high end running back too, at least until Elijah Mitchell gets back, therefore making him a must-start running back option. We've seen the past few weeks that the 49ers have played and won through their ground attack. They should have a positive game script against Atlanta, and I do expect Wilson to get going early and often against a top-five fantasy matchup at the running back position. On the Falcons side, I think you can flex Tyler Algier as a high-end running back three. The usage we saw with the Falcons used with Tyler Algier leading their backfield this past week is encouraging for anyone who splashed some fab at Algier on waiver wire the past couple weeks. I do expect him to be a fine, high-volume, high-floor type of play, but I am worried about his potential ceiling output against arguably the top defense in the NFL. So adjusting my expectations, given the workload, he should be a low-end running back too, but because he's facing a tough defense, tough game script at hand going up against San Francisco, he's more so rounding out that top 30 of my running back rankings. Next matchup, we have the Patriots traveling on the road to play the Cleveland Browns. Browns are two and a half point home favorites in this game. 43 and a half set over under with the Sharps on the over an 84% clip. On the Patriots side with Damian Harris banged up, I think Ramondre Stevenson has proven he can be an auto running back one start. Given the level of play he's displayed and given the Prairie workload he has received thus far, top five running back in my rankings for this week. I really don't expect that to change anytime soon as long as Damian Harris is not in the lineup. And of course, congrats if you got Ramondre Stevenson in the double digit rounds of your draft. He looks like one of the biggest steals of the entire 2022 fantasy football offseason. On the Browns side, you can start the best running back in the NFL, Nick Chubb, with top five level confidence this week. His hot start really is something that's crazy in my opinion. Low share of the backfield volume, minimal contribution in the receiving game. It's really puzzling how he's this good, but it just shows how elite of a talent he is. Sometimes it just doesn't have to make sense. And a Hall of Fame outlier season is going to happen sometimes for Hall of Fame caliber running backs, which I believe Nick Chubb to be. This is very reminiscent of the 2012 Adrian Peterson level season. I genuinely think that's what Nick Chubb is representing right now. Kudos to Nick Chubb. I expect to see this coming, especially with Deshaun Watson labeled out until week 12. 
But Nick Chubb has just been that damn good of a running back to the point where the low opportunity share, the low receiving work, it doesn't matter. He is a mid-end running back one in terms of my rankings, and I don't expect him to leave that anytime soon. Clearly, one of my biggest misses of the entire 2022 fantasy football offseason, Nick Chubb has looked very explosive to start the season. However, he's not the only Browns running back you can put into your lineup this week. I do think that Kareem Hunt has solid high-end running back three flex play level expectation. We've actually seen that he's gotten basically more opportunity than Nick Chubb has. It's just Nick Chubb is so ungodly efficient that it hasn't really mattered. However, Kareem Hunt's a fine running back in his own right, and he has seen some really solid opportunity, like I mentioned. 50% of the routes, 43% of the routes, 50% of the routes in each of the last three weeks, and also has a stranglehold in terms of short down and distance, long down and distance, and two-minute snaps for this Browns offense. So clearly the more advantageous work when it comes to Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb is just so ungodly good at the game of football that he's going to be a top-five running back, and Kareem Hunt's going to be a low-end running back two, high-end running back three on a week-to-week basis. Next matchup, we have the Buccaneers traveling on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are eight and a half point home underdogs in this game. 44 set over under with the over being smashed at an 82% clip. In terms of this game, in terms of the Tampa Bay side, Leonard Fournette is a back that has averaged nearly 21 opportunities and six targets per game to start the year. And I do think he's an auto must start every single week with mid to high end running back expectations. I do think though that Rashad White did chip into the backfield usage this past week, but Fournette is still getting high end work on an offense. Again, we expect to be potent sometime soon with the Tampa Bay offense. So Leonard Fournette, mid-end running back one, uh, he's going to be that way for the rest of the season, in my opinion. I do think, however, speaking of Rashad White, you can flex him given his recent chip into the routes and short down and distance for the Buccaneers. I think White can be viewed as a relatively similar play to Tony Pollard, a highly efficient back that will thrive on big plays. However, the workload never really being in his favor, barring an injury to the incumbent starter, Ezekiel Elliott for Tony Pollard, Leonard Fournette when it comes to Rashad White. On the Steelers side, number 24 in my running back rankings this week is Najee Harris. The opportunity share and row participation have really fallen off a cliff this year, and he's gone from a volume as king, mid-tier running back one, which he was last year and was proclaimed to be all offseason, to now he's a mid-inefficient average workload running back 2-3. I think we need to adjust our expectations on Najee now. He's just really not that great. He's not an awful offense. And again, his receiving work has fallen off a cliff. At this point, he may just be a worse David Montgomery. He's my running back 24 in my current rankings. But once bye weeks clear up, once injuries set aside, I really will have no problem ranking him in that flex type of range, given how far his workload has fallen off a cliff. We even see from week two to now, 71% of the snaps and 53% of the routes in week two, still a very, very fine role. To this past week, actually being out-snapped and out-routed by Jalen Warren. So it really sucks. This is turning into a committee before our eyes, but Najee Harris has been so damn inefficient. That are we really surprised after trying to work another running back into this equation? Next game, we travel to the 4 p.m. slate. The Panther traveling all on the road to play the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are 10.5 point home favorites in this game. 41 set over under with the over being hit at a 54% clip. In terms of this game, let's keep the Panther side very simple. You are obviously starting Christian McCaffrey, a top three running back rest of the season. In terms of McCaffrey, elite workload, receiving work, and talent all really bode well for fantasy success at the running back position. Christian McCaffrey has all three of those in spades. On the Rams side, I think both running backs are low-end flex plays this week. They are both, respectively, running back 35 and 36 in my rankings when it comes to Daryl Henderson and Akers. Henderson has gotten a higher snap share and more receiving work like you guys can see on the screen. While Akers has gotten near the whole of the rushing work. I'll slightly prefer the receiving ceiling of Henderson, but I do think both are extremely volatile on a week-to-week -week basis for an underperforming Rams offense. Next matchup, we have the Cardinals traveling on the road to play the Seahawks. Interdivisional affair where the Seahawks are two and a half point home underdogs in this game. 
50 and a half set over under with the Sharps hitting the over at a 69% clip in this game. So the Sharps are clearly expecting a high scoring affair between these divisional rivals. On the Seahawks side, I think you are starting Kenneth Walker with top 15 to 20 level expectations. Obviously, unfortunate injury when it comes to the broken fibula suffered by Rashad Penny. But Walker comes in now as a clear next back in line considering his talent level, draft capital invested. He should be that main back to assume the Rashad Penny duty. He's clearly their most talented rusher, and I expect him to be used accordingly. So if Kenneth Walker can develop into a 15 to 20 opportunity per game type of running back down the stretch for what's been an underrated Seahawks offense to start the year, I think he could be a high-end running back to this game moving forward. On the Cardinals side, you can start Eno Benjamin with top 24 level expectations. He dominated the snaps and the routes in his past game once Connor was ruled out. And Daryl Williams was also banged up in this game. The two healthy backs expected to be in this next game against the Seattle Seahawks are expected to be Eno Benjamin and Keontae Ingram respectively. So I do think that Eno Benjamin will be handling the majority of the work in that backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if Keontae Ingram chipped in on third down work in clear receiving type of situations, but I expect the majority of the blunt rushing work to go to Eno Benjamin. Next matchup, we have the Bills traveling on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are two and a half point home underdogs in this game. 54 set over under with the Sharps on the over at a 59% clip. Clearly expecting a barn burner of a game after that elite playoff game we saw between these two teams this past postseason. In terms of this game, we may as well just call this the battle of the CEHs because Devin Singletary and Clyde edwards helaire are both low-end running back twos in this matchup. Devin Singletary obviously has looked solid overall on the season, but his elite work share that he saw in week four went down a cliff going into week five. We saw his snaps go from 87% to 54%, and we have seen his rope participation drop from 79% to 48% this past week. So obviously not a good sign that he's losing work. However, even on this work, I think he could be a high-end running back three. But I'm still hoping he can reclaim that week four elite workhorse level running back status in terms of usage in this backfield. So for that being, he's going to be in that mid-range of those expectations, and he's going to be my running back 15 to 20 this week in fantasy football. On the Chiefs side, obviously, you are starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, again, with low-end running back due expectations. You just want the lead back for a top offense and what we should expect to be a high-scoring affair between the Bills and the Chiefs. So I do expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still the main back for Kansas City, despite that lower snap share, that lower opportunity share in the backfield, to be able to pay off in this game, we expect a lot of points to be scored. I do think Jared McKinnon is barely cracking my top 40 running back, so he is a very, very low-end flex play, but we actually saw some relatively decent usage for him this past week, and again, high expected scoring game between the Bills and the Chiefs. I think he may be able to punch one into the end zone and pay off for you if you stream in the running back two slot or in your flex spot this week. Next matchup, we head to the night slate. We got the Cowboys traveling on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are six-point home favorites in this game. 42 set over-under with the under being smashed at a 93% clips. We go to the Eagles side, and I do think Miles Sanders is a mid-to-low-end running back, too, in this matchup. And I do think he's a clear start in fantasy football. 74% of the snaps and 63% of the routes when it comes to Miles Sanders is very encouraging, which what we saw this week. Combining that with the fact that he's also doing it for arguably the top offense in the NFC. So clear offensive insulation. We're seeing that opportunity share rise when it comes to Miles Sanders. Clearly a running back on the rise in terms of usage. So that being said, low-end running back two, I think he fits in like a T. On the Cowboys side, I think both backs are high-end running back threes in this matchup. Zeke obviously getting the majority of the grunt load, the workload between the tackles, and Pollard providing that juice out of the backfield and explosive plays on a lesser workload. 
Both, I think, will have certain blow-up spots, but I do think both are extremely volatile. Obviously, with Zeke being that inefficiency, with Pollard being that workload. And in a matchup against a tough Eagles defense, they're more so high to mid-end running back threes. Next and final matchup of the slate, we have the Monday Night Football game between the interdivisional foes, Broncos and Chargers. Chargers are five-point home favorites. 45.5 set over-under, with the under being smashed at a 98% clip in this game. Sharp saw what the Broncos' offense has looked like recently and are willing to bet the under in this game. On the Chargers side, I think you are starting Austin Eckler as a top five level running back. He's averaged nearly 23 PPR points per game and looks like the clear PPR beast, 33 targets in the first five games, like many of you who drafted him in the first round of your fantasy drafts would have expected. Clearly meeting those expectations right now, the highest scoring running back in PPR, you could start him with very, very high confidence Again, top five level confidence. On the Broncos side, you could start Melvin Gordon as a mid-end running back too, and I do think you can flex Mike Boone as a low-end running back three. Melvin Gordon, of course, will see the majority of the work, but I do think that Mike Boone will chip in on long down and distance situations and could carve out a role in terms of row participation like we've seen in the past couple weeks. 42% and 41% route participation when it comes to Boone in weeks four and five respectively. So I think he's got nice PPR appeal. Again, if you ran a zero RB and you need him as a running back two streamer, he could fit that role. If you needed him as a low end running back three slash flex play, if your top receiver is out, I think he could fit that role. So either way, I appreciate you guys for making it to the end of this video. Again, comment your biggest start sit decision in the comment section down below. I'll try to get to every single one of those and subscribe to the channel. We're trying to reach 20,000 subscribers as soon as possible. So appreciate you guys for that continued support. And again, as always, Please leave a like down below. 400 likes is the goal of this video. Good luck in your matchups. Hopefully you win in week six. Hopefully these running back starts at decisions don't nip you in the ass when it comes to Sunday. Take care. Enjoy the week.